today's episode, but Jeff, I gotta have it. We'll see about that. Let me talk to Wake up, wake up, wake up, go find a better way. What kind of world do you want? What a wonderful world. My, oh my, what a wonderful day. It's time to get wise. Thank you for listening to the Daily Belief Game. I'm Jeff Stein. I call life a belief game because, as they say, what you conceive, you receive. What you think about, you bring about. Your creations are based on your expectations, right? Perception is reality. And uh, it's all about what's going on, the dialogue that's going on in your head, which I like the title Inner Peace, which I define as the state when the voice in your head is helping instead of hurting. You want your brain to be programmed with the conclusions that serve you, not the ones that keep you afraid or guilty or ashamed or disappointed. And not just because that makes your life feel a lot better, because this is a universe where every thought you have is instantly and infinitely correlated to every matching thought to the exact degree to which they match. You drop boulders or stones in the pond based on your thoughts, and it comes back to you in your experience. Even though still, life is about how it feels, which is based on what you believe. Like, take two people watching children playing in the park. One says, those obnoxious, loud kids, someone's gonna get hurt, right? And the other one says, there is nothing like watching the joyful, creative freedom of children laughing and playing, right? And you see, it's the same children in the same park, but each one's having their perception. And your choice of which one you do in your life, in every moment of your life, is how the belief game is played. So, today's episode, Jeff, I gotta have it! Uh, We're talking about the consciousness of possession, which I think has two major concepts of why we gotta have it. (laughs) One is the feeling of it's mine, I can do what I want with it whenever I want to, right? That's why you want something, right? Because then it's mine, I can do what I want with it whenever I want to. Or, It's just, I want it because it's just so cool. You know, you just got to have it. It's just beautiful or it's fascinating or it's so, you know, whatever. It's cool. You got to have it. And they're similar, uh, except the first one is kind of about freedom (laughs) as well as desire. You know, when I want, how I want it. They're both about desire realized, all right? But the consciousness of possession adds another wanting on top of the feeling of desire itself. So in that case, you're trying to capture and savor a feeling. You get a feeling when you see it, but then you want to own it because you want to capture and savor the feeling. I mean, why do we want to own something beautiful or artistic? Because we want to capture and savor the feeling it gives us. And as the artists say, if your art doesn't make you feel something, get new art. So... You know, you want it for how it makes you feel, but you have this layer of need, which is a fear, that it won't last or it won't be felt until it's owned. And ownership is the illusion of capturing and saving the feeling you've created when you discovered the object, right? That initial feeling, you just want to get it back. If I buy it, I'll get to have that feeling over and over again. It's a desire-infused feeling kind of juxtaposed with a reassurance that this unique feeling that's evoked in you can easily be made available through interaction with the possession now that you possess it, right? Neuroscientists are actively studying this phenomenon of what clicks in the brain and, for my money, your soul, when you believe you own something. It's true. It's a really trippy uh, human situation. Lots of studies where objects were traded or given or observed, and the majority of people created an attachment to things that were considered owned by them, preferring those kind of objects that they, you know, that they owned to the ones that they actually liked better in other circumstances, but they weren't available to be owned, and that makes a difference to its attachment. It's a weird thing. Science to study it. You can look that up. 
But the truth is, you know, do we really own anything? And besides, as they say, if you own enough stuff, it starts to own you. Let's let's go through this this experience of how this goes down. Let's say you're at Disneyland and you're in New Orleans Square with the Mardi Gras decorations and 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 you're feeling good and you see the pirate shop, right? And you're already in this lens of wonder and enthusiasm because it's Disneyland. So so already, no matter what you see, you're gonna see it through that focus. You know, the rose-colored glasses are on and you've got a designer pair of those that you love, you know. So you're just flying high. You're in one of those states where you know, a stroller with a crying baby could roll by and you'd be like, Oh baby, don't cry. Don't you know this is the happiest place on earth? You'd be like, totally cool with it. So you're high and you're drawn by your entire mind and body into that pirate shop. Your entire consciousness is tuned to your oneness and your desire. As Green Day says, it leads you by the wrist and directs you where to go. That is when the most awesome souvenir ever comes into your view in the pirate shop. The bejeweled sword or the, or the tricorner hat with the Jack Sparrow dreadlocks. You know, the one you've been dreaming about all your life. And you gotta have it. I gotta have it, Jeff. I gotta have it. But here's the truth. <laughs> Are you ready? Here's the truth. You already have it. Everything you want from it is being experienced right now as you see it and observe with it and grab it and put it on your head and try it out and look in the mirror. And smart shoppers know this because they savor smart shoppers. It's like a, you know, it's like a cult, right? Smart shoppers know this because they savor and capture the wonder and desire without that fear that the feeling will be lost and never felt again. They know they can, you know, cheap keep shopping. They'll get that feeling again. You know, they don't. They know that if I don't buy that souvenir, you know, it's not like I'll never have that feeling ever again if I don't buy it. I must capture it. It must be mine. <laughs> you know, and they know better. Just enjoy it. Enjoy the serotonin rush without having to buy everything. So here's a good story. When my son was young, we'd occasionally pass a you know useless plastic toy on a store shelf. I'm judging. Sorry, it's not useless. Uh, and the dialogue would go something like this. You know, Dad, look it. Can I have it? I always love that word. Look it. Look it. it should be in the dictionary. Dad, look it. Can I have it? I'd be like, well, what is it? It's a bow and arrow, like for an archer. You know, well, why do you want it? Well, I want to shoot arrows like Legolas from Lord of the Rings. Oh, okay. Well, uh, this isn't a strong bow like you're hoping. It's more for looks. And he says, well, I want to pretend with it. Okay, well, okay, that sounds fun. Doesn't he have, doesn't Legolas have like a wood bow? Do you want this red, blue, and yellow plastic one that barely works or a wood one that looks real? And he's like, of course, yeah, and with a quiver and the arrows and everything. Uh, Okay, good. But I still want the yellow plastic one. No, you don't. (laughs) Tell you what. All right, dude, let's look at bows and arrows on the internet and see what you like. And if you still want this one, we'll come back and get it. We almost never came back for cheap instant gratification toys using that process. We often didn't even go on the internet and look when we got home because he moved on. He had the rush of desire, then it moved elsewhere. And when it did continue, like the the desire carried on and he still wanted the bow, we'd find something he really wanted for a deeper reason than just temporary consciousness of possession, right? Instant gratification. And in this case, too, about a week later, uh, we were back in the store and he saw the plastic bow again. And he says, uh, you know, Dad, look it. <laughs> Here's that bow I was thinking about getting. And I said, yeah, well, what do you think now? He says, I don't need it. I-, I-, I use my wizard staff and pretended it doubled as a bow. He's like, isn't that a great idea? You could, you could cast spells and shoot arrows like a, a-, a mage archer. 
And of course, we made a bunch of dorky fanboy jokes about archmages and Gandalf shooting Saruman with a bow. But anyway, (laughs) now I realize you can't have this dialogue every time. That's a lot of words. Sometimes you just want to get out of the store and just move on. But I discovered that when I invested in this dialogue occasionally, uh, the conversation shortened, right? It got to the meat faster. The desire was honed. And more importantly, this is what you do in your own head. When you see something and say, I got to have it. Notice and savor the feeling it evokes in you. Just bask in the gratitude of having that experience available to you by saying something like simple, like just, oh, love that. That's what I do. I go, oh, love that. Thank you. You know, oh, there's so many beautiful things to see and enjoy in this world. You know, I love thanking the the creator of it, not like God, the creator, but like, you know, someone who made it like, oh, thank you to the artist, you know, who did that. Oh, and thank you for uh, Walmart for making so many beautiful things available, such cheap prices, <laughs> you know, whatever. Gratitude will get you a long way because it reinforces desire. It has you notice it as you experience it, puts it in perspective and, rec- and helps you recognize that it's accessible to you all the time. Now, there's another component to this, which is intertwined you know, with your money and scarcity dialogue, but that'll be like gotta have it <laughs> episode part two. The, the money and the scarcity stuff is separate. So let's just cover the things that you can easily afford and that you're debating whether or not you wanna get them, all right? That's the point of this, is so you can decide for yourself, what is the desire to mean to me? So here's your homework. Notice your consciousness of possession. Go through your day, and when something catches your eye in a store or a magazine or in your world, ask yourself, what is the feeling I love that would come with having that? Identify the feeling. It won't take away from it. It'll make you more aware of it and enjoy it. That way, when you see something you got to have, you'll know whether it's a fleeting desire or something you genuinely want to repeatedly use in your life to add to your creative experience. Like, will you ride that motorcycle every weekend or do you just like the feeling of, you know, speed on dirt and you probably could just rent one and see how that feels? Do you want those earrings because you've been shopping all day and you're just flooded with serotonin and you just need a payoff, like a climax to your your shopping rush? Or, Or maybe you want them because you think your friends will be impressed with you? Or do you think it would be a a pair that you will wear to every job interview because it'll make you feel confident and appropriate? Now, I'm not judging any of your reasons. I'm just suggesting that you line them up with your soul so that you won't be gaining possessions from a fear that you will miss an opportunity or from a lack or a feeling of, you know, that you'll be less than without them. Thanks for listening. Once again, I'm Jeff Stein, and you can find me at jeffsworld.com, jeffs-world.com. My co-conspirators and I help people, companies, and organizations cultivate, sustain, accelerate, and become inspiration in action. I'm sure we can help you. It's a lot of fun. Just call us for a consultation, and please think responsibly. You want answers? I don't know. I'm Embrace it. Just asking. Life is choice. The power to create happiness. You can choose to be a victim or anything else you'd like to be. You want to change the world? Don't know how to begin. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. It's the right path. It's a path made of principle that leads to character. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful. To make this life a wonderful adventure. Come on. Come on. Hey, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, all right, come on.